Heart. You gotta have heart. Miles and miles of heart. What is heart? Heart is running through a return man when the game is on the line. Heart is giving everything you have in practice, day after day. Heart is finding the strength to run down the field one more time when you can barely breathe. The heart in me pumps Husker Red. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Five Heart Podcast brought to you by CornNation.com, part of the SB Nation Podcast Network. My name is Greg Mahochko, no Hoss Reuter this week, and he's uh, putting in his uh, final bits that he needs to do for uh, applying for his teacher's license or, or certification or whatever. He, he, Hoss is busy. He can't join us uh, this week, but our fearless leader, John Dam Johnston, is here. John how are you, sir? It's been a week. You look fantastic. I love the robe. Uh, tell me, tell me about your life. Tell, tell me what's going on in, in uh, Minnesota. Uh, I'm at home a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose other people are too, but it's really kind of getting. Uh, I don't know. Pretty annoying. We, we, I mean, I mean, you're not wrong. It, we are. I think you know the human race is kind of a social. We, Generally speaking, I know that there are you know people who are more um, uh, introverts, but we are a, a social people, and when we can't go out and be social, uh, you know, then then it, it does uh, take a toll. But uh, um, you look good. Can can I say that? Okay. You look fantastic. I'm not used to hearing that from people, but uh, we'll go with it. Certainly, Mrs. Coronation says it all the time. Sure, okay. <laughs> Mrs. Coronation sounds a lot like Mrs. Five Heart Podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, the thing is, is I'm not really even that social. You know, I but I do, I miss going to my customer sites mm -hmm. and uh, yelling at them, which I actually do. <laughs> Can you yell at them over the phone? Is it just not the same? It's not the same. <sighs> well... Last Friday, I did go to a customer site, and I went out into their warehouse, and I was like, my God, this is so quiet, it's unbelievable. And uh, I did not yell profanity at the forklift drivers, which I usually actually do. I there There's a place, I'm not going to mention their name, but there's a place I deliver to that has forklift drivers, and the amount of product that they take uh, requires a forklift, but they won't let me bring the truck far enough inside of their massive facility to utilize the forklift and they have a rule about not bringing forklifts outside so i have to unload my product uh by hand wow that's got to suck it is a multi-billion dollar corporation that begins with an a <laughs> and ends with mazan <laughs> really <laughs> yeah I, you know i i guess i i don't know why they have so many rules I don't know. One time, the first time I went there, I backed up into the building like I would any other warehouse that's going to take, you know, uh, a, an entire skid of product and take it with the forklift. And then I got yelled at by the safety officer. You can't be in here. It, it, the exhaust. I said, well, the truck's been off for 20 minutes. <laughs> I'm just waiting for a forklift guy. So. Wow. So. And wow. And they say they. They say they don't protect their workers, but they're protecting them from exhaust. Mm-hmm. That little <laughs> – with, with the massive garage door that, you know, I can literally drive my truck into. So with that, that door open and the truck shut off and like, what – that uh, exhaust, bad. I'm like, well, it's not that bad. Let's let's get over it here, folks. Anyway, um, we are doing this on a most inauspicious of days because I had my very first and hopefully only epidural procedure this morning for uh, my herniated disc in my back, and you are coming down with a sore throat, which in these uncertain times is probably the more uh, problematic of the two situations. Well, it, it could be. My wife, uh, my wife was uh, not happy with me. I feel like it was your fault. She well, she looked at me and she said, "You think this is funny?" And I, I'm like, I think it's ironic. I'm trying not to say funny, but 
<laughs> she doesn't listen to the show, does I she? I have a sore throat, for God's sakes. You know, we're all so we're paranoid about this stuff. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, By the way, do you remember – what was it? A couple podcasts ago I told you about the 1992 Iowa State game, which I got thrown out of? Yes. Yeah, and I said that I couldn't bring that up for years because it, it, it made her mad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it made her mad again. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that particular statute of limitations is not expired. No, no, it was uh, – it was, you know, she said, you made poor choices. And I'm like, the guy had selective vision, the police officer. <clears throat> and uh, she's, she's like, you know, you still think this is funny. And I'm like, I just left the room. You have to run away. Did, I'm a runaway guy. There's the a- opportunity. I mean, if you're in the position where you're like, I got to man up or run away, you know, running away is an option sometimes. And, and uh, uh, what is that old uh, saying? Uh, discretion is the is the better part of valor, or something like that. You know, you got to yeah. pick your battles, and uh, it doesn't sound like you're going to win that one. No. I mean, do you win any of them? So, so let's not talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm also on a nice okay, winless so- streak here. We're good. So we're the NBC Sports is streaming the uh, '94 Orange Bowl. Yes, uh, I don't know. If, have you, are you watching this at all? No, I'm in. I'm in my recording area. Oh, okay, and, and it's twofold. First of all, we're recording a little earlier than we normally would, uh, but also there is a Zoom meeting uh, that's going to take place with a lot of the Coronation people and fans, and that's going on a little bit later. Um, but I'm recording now, and it's getting me out of Mickey Mouse Clubhouse going on in the other room. So, so twenty. This is 25 years ago, right? No, it's 26, 26 years, years ago. ago. Well, 25, 26. Who gives a shit? It's the beginning of the year. I think when you watch this game, if you get the chance to watch this stuff, uh, football has changed so much. Mm-hmm. You know, there are so many, so many plays in this game that would be so illegal now. Well, you know, I, I mean, at the end, of, at the I, end of Reggie Ball's touchdown catch, uh, the Florida State defender takes him and throws him to the ground. And you realize when you're watching football years ago, that was just kind of a normal. When I kind of finished the play out, mm-hmm. now they people would be, oh my god, that's unnecessary roughness, you know. And you can watch these guys. I mean, you can see them in piles beating the shit out of each other. I, you know, going so, back a couple weeks when. Uh, when we were watching, well, I guess technically I was the only one who watched it, at least recently, but the uh, uh, Nebraska-Colorado game from 92, and there were a lot of, you know, what now would be late hits out of bounds that just went, like, okay, well, he's just, you know, finishing the play into the, you know, into the bench there on the side, uh, and, and there was no flag or anything like that. You're right, it is a different game. Um uh, We've we've been around the game, you know, a long time. We've seen a number of rules changes, even in the last, let's say, you know, ten years, if you include targeting and things like that. But when you look at, let's say, the '94 Orange Bowl or, or you know the '92 Nebraska Colorado game, and the the physicality, the tenacity, and the fact that it was kind of left, you know, unchecked, you know, almost in the wild wild west type uh, of mentality as far as the rules go. Versus now, do you have a preference? I mean, I see the benefit of, of you know throwing the flag for safety reasons, but at the same time, I also kind of li- like when football was football, you know? Do I have to answer this question honestly? You don't have to answer it at all. I just, you know, <laughs> I, 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 I throw you a softball, John, and whatever you want to do with it is up to you. I'd, I'd prefer to watch the older football, mm-hmm. you know, and I realize that there's a reason why the game's changed and it has to change more in order for us to keep playing it. And, and for people, you know, especially for like mothers wanting to let your their children in sure. high school uh, play high school football, it has to get safer. You know, and a long time ago, forever ago, when I, I interviewed the guy, um, come on, Curtis Lewis. The official was in Iowa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For John, yeah, and he he pointed out that for an example of a play, the blindside block. Mm-hmm. You know, he said specifically 
there's no reason why you have to blow somebody up on that. But I'll tell you what, if you did it, it was the funnest fucking thing in the world. <laughs> on the other hand, you know, when you're on the receiving side of it, it wasn't as wonderful. So, you know, I can see why the game's changed, but uh, it's I, it's really fun to go back and watch this game. I hated this game. I think every Nebraska fan should hate this game uh, because we just I, I, we got screwed. So, you know. Well, and and going back to you know like the uh, the that um, you know block that you were talking about, that's where the, you know there used to be and, and still is, but you don't hear it as much because defenders are so protected in that regard. But you used to hear, "Got to keep your head on a swivel," you know, so you don't right. so you don't get yeah. laid out. Now it's all right if you get you know if you get laid out, it's going to be fifteen yards the other way. The ball's coming back, and we all saw that in the Big Ten championship game. So right, which, and, and the honest truth. The honest truth is there's no reason to kill a guy when he's running down the field on a kickoff. Is I it? mean, like I said, was it fun? Yeah. <clears throat> but uh, I, I remember getting just annihilated on a punt return, you know? I thought You're you would supposed be the to, you one have doing, to look up. I thought it's, you would be the Eric Martin fall. of that, of that uh, situation. What's that? I, said, I, I thought you would be the Eric Martin in, in, in any type of uh, kickoff no uh, situation. No, you do it enough, you you get both sides of it. But I remember you're, you know, you have to look up to see where the punt is because if the punt comes down and hit you as a penalty, and as I'm looking up for the punt, this guy just uh, decleats me, <laughs> just completely blows me up. Uh, my feet fly up in the air. I got up and I was going to say good hit, and by the time I got up, he was gone. <laughs> <laughs> that's how that's how much he annihilated me. And, you know, I kind of went, oh, my God. Well, but uh, have we ever talked about, yeah, ever talked about uh, the fact uh, that my high school, school – by the way, I'm hearing myself. By the way, I'm hearing myself. Coming back now. Coming back. What's up with that, John? What's up with that, John? I, is it gone? I don't know. I'm not talking now. I don't know. I'm not talking now. Nope. It's still there. <laughs> You're, it's still there. Really? Yeah. Why is this? What, yeah. what, what did you do different? Oh, it's gone? No, I can still hear myself coming back. Oh, now it's gone. Okay. Okay. All right. So have I ever uh, talked about the fact that my high school didn't have football when I was there? I don't think so. So I guess they had it in the 70s, maybe early 80s, something like that. And then for safety reasons, some of the moms got together and said, this school doesn't need football. And so it went away. And there was actually like coffee cans, like fundraising coffee cans at the end of the lunch line that, you know, if you had 25, 50 cents, whatever of your money, you could put into the coffee can. And they were starting to uh, try to build up a fund to bring football back. Well, it came back two years after I graduated and started with like a JV program and, you know, then varsity. And then they're. You know, they've made it to the state playoffs and things like that. And hell, they've only had it for 18 oh, wow. years. So, um, you know, they're, they're not bad. And they've had some, they've had some good kids come through, um, through the program. But I never had the opportunity to play, uh, organized football. You know, all I had was, you know, backyard football, you know, going up to the park, getting, you know, creamed by, uh, you know, my buddies and things like that, which was fun. But it, it, left me longing for, you know, that, you know, I played baseball, I played a little basketball, um, did a lot of soccer growing up because soccer's, I mean, first of all, there's a reason it's the most popular sport in the world, and that's because it's the cheapest. Get yourself some uh, cleats, some shin guards, and somebody else brings the ball, one of your 11 buddies, and you go play some soccer. Um, there's not a whole lot of equipment involved. So I, I played a lot of soccer growing up, but I always – wanted the opportunity to play football it just never materialized so with you know with, with our son we're keeping all options open you know i mean we want him to you know experience whatever he wants to do be it sports or you know if he wants to take up an instrument later whatever whatever this kid wants to do he, he draws a lot because he's four but he <laughs> i gotta tell you this uh, and you might be able to hear him in the background. I don't know. We were, I came home from work earlier, uh, this week and he and my wife are out on the back deck, just, you know, sitting in the sunshine, enjoying some nice weather. 
And I sit out there and we're just talking about our days and he brings his uh, little tee out. And I said, okay, well, let's get the wiffle ball and the bat. And, you know, again, he's four, so I'm trying to, you know, guide him and show him how to stand and how to hold. It turns out he might be a little bit of a lefty, um, which is fine if you're a baseball player. Um, but, you know, I put the tee uh, or put the ball on the tee and before I can get set. He's swinging line drives into my back, like into my back of my thigh, the, my butt. <laughs> and he's just he's giggling the thing. And it's the best thing. I'm like, all right, if we can if we can keep those rockets going, you know, in 14 years, we, we, we're working with something here. I don't know how my, I got on my, that. My whole thing. What's that? Because I don't know how I got on that. I was trying to talk about how I missed out on the opportunity to play football, and we got to talk about my son whipping, you know, wiffle balls into my butt. <laughs> well, I, I did get to play high school football because I was in a little tiny western Nebraska town that, um, you know, there was – I wasn't very good at it. I tried to work harder than everybody else just because I liked playing it, and I have about – Zero coordination. So, you know, football was a sport that if you worked harder, I think, than the guy next to you, uh, you could play in high school or at least at that level. You know what I mean? I've gotten into this argument before with people. They they take that as me saying you don't need coordination to play football. Well, you need coordination. You need athletic skills, certainly. Sure. Uh, probably not as much as basketball, but uh, you- going back to your kid, my whole family hates baseball. It, I, he's baseball's. Uh, he's been to a couple baseball games in his youth. We went to an XFL game. He and I uh, earlier this year before they shut down. Um, but he's been to. He was at a Husker game and a Steeler game in utero. Uh, so he, his first Husker game was. It was unfortunately it was an L. It was a 2015 game at Illinois, um, where we gave it away in the you know last ten minutes. But he's, he, I'm excited to, you know, when everything gets back to whatever normal is going to be, I'm excited to, you know, open up his eyes and his mind to uh, all kinds of sports. So I did wake him up last year, game seven of the Stanley Cup final, uh, brought him down with about five minutes left so he could watch history be made. So that was cool. Let me ask you now about my kids. My, go ahead. No, no, you finish because I, I was going to go in a different direction. My kids hated standing around. Oh, the baseball aspect of they standing all, around? Yeah, they, mm-hmm. they all played soccer. They played competitive soccer. They, you know, they they liked moving and running and, and you, no baseball. You should have got them into hockey. Oh, my God. You're in Minnesota. <laughs> I know that, but you, have you been around hockey families? Yeah, they're insane. I mean, actual hockey families. They are insane. And it costs, like you said about soccer earlier, <laughs> it's the it costs end a of the crap load of money. That's right. <laughs> and literally, you know, when you go to the – you have to realize there's like probably five rinks within five miles of my house. Sure. I think that's why they're and looking – they're, they're, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think – and I don't know if you listen to any sports radio up in, uh, you know, uh, you're in the Twin Cities area, but I think that's why they're eyeing Minnesota as one of these potential hubs if, in fact, they try to get any more NHL action in. Uh, the, from the 2019-2020 season. They've talked about St. Louis, but, you know, Minnesota, which I think has a lower, you know, COVID infection number uh, than Missouri. And like you said, has, you know, as long as they're competitive, you know, level, uh, you know, NHL competition level, uh, the possibility of having some games up in Minnesota. So where, where are we at with this thing? <clears throat> Are we going to have sports? Um, it seems to change every day. It does. Nobody knows. And and that's – for someone who – like you, probably like you, uh, like me, I, I like having plans. I'm not at all a fly-by-the-seat-of-my-pants type of guy. I like a routine. Um, I don't like wrinkles in said routine. So this is driving me nuts. And we, were, you, we talked about at the beginning of the show how, you know – I, you mentioned that your stress and your anxiety just from being stuck at home, but you know, look, I mean, my mom and dad, they don't go, I mean, they're both retired, so they don't really go anywhere. Anyway, they go up, uh, you know, my dad goes up every week and cuts my grandma's yard. 
Uh, they they go do some things around the church, uh, some maintenance things, you know, like plant flowers and whatnot. But they don't leave the house. But if you are, you know, in your situation where you're not retired yet and you have a job that, you know, may require you to be on site or, you know, usually requires you to be on site, you're going a little bit nuts. As you mentioned before, you can't get in people's uh, offices and yell at them. Um, you know, we are in, in my house where, uh, you know, we've got our son who's four but he's still used to being kind of active and he's not used to, you know, like sitting around the house on the couch or even in the backyard. He's, you know, we like to get him out, you know, take him to the park, take him. We like to go to the zoo. You know, we like to take him places and if nothing else, let him run off some energy. So, um, it, it's, you know, and, and that's a, look, I get it. We're, we're healthy, you know, knock on wood. Um, and there are people who, you know, aren't. So that's a first world problem. And I get it. And I, I'm not trying to, you know, minimize that or, you know, throw a pity party for us. Uh, I'm just saying that I, we, we are used to a, a, that's why they call it normal. You know, when we return to normal, we're used to a certain way of life. Uh, you know, we, as Americans, we, as sports fans, we're used to, you know, a certain level of you know, expectation of, you know, right now we should be, you know, a month into Major League Baseball. We should be in the Stanley Cup, you know, playoffs. NBA finals should be wherever they are, or not finals, but playoffs should be wherever they are. I don't follow the NBA. Um, you know, we missed out on March Madness. The NFL draft, which we'll talk about, was done completely different. Successfully, but completely different. But we have so many, you know, there was no spring game. We have so many question marks about what the future holds that I – Going back to your question, I have no idea. I mean, I think we'll have sports eventually. I just don't know when. I don't know where. But I do know that for the first probably two, three months at least, and until there's some type of vaccine in place, that there's not going to be, you know, any any fans going to any of these things. I mean, that's that's, and and the thing that I hear about and and think about too is, you know, Major League Baseball, the NHL, they're all trying to, you know, NBA trying to get back and, and get into their seasons or back into their seasons. But how do you have testing for them and not have testing for everybody else? You know, I mean, so until we, until we get testing, until we find out who is a carrier, was a carrier, could be a carrier. Um, I, I, I don't know that that's, it's a tough call. I mean, I want sports back as, as much as anybody else, but am I willing to say, okay, the, you know, major league baseball teams, yeah, let's get them tested, but, you know, not, you know, my parents, you, John, uh, you know, everyday families, you know, that, you know, could be at risk. They get tested because they're more special than we are. I mean, they, they get tested. <laughs> they get tested because they make I get more money. trouble for that one. No, well, I, I mean, I, I get what you're saying. That's tongue in cheek, you know. Um, the I think we're learning right now. Uh, I saw this uh, meme. It's not a meme because memes are typically funny, but this was more fact than more truth than anything. As soon as, you know, we've been shut down for six weeks now. Um, uh, Maybe, you know, yeah, six weeks. Uh, And I think it's important to note that, you know, this was a picture that I saw. I'm I'm getting confused here, but this is a picture I saw, you know, at the beginning of it is, you know, it's, it was, uh, phrase or statement directed at, you know, high schoolers and college kids. It's, hey, look at these careers, these jobs, these people that, you know, whose jobs were deemed essential. And if you want steady income, go do that, you know. And I'm not, you know, look, I've got friends who are, you know, hairstylists and own salons and they're hurting right now. Um, you know, I have friends that are small business owners. They're hurting now. Um and this is not to take away from I, I I love and support all of them when I can. But if you are worried about your bank account, look and see who's still out able to do their jobs in, in this situation. And that goes for, you know, Major League Baseball, NHL. Theirs is different because they have contracts that, you know, guarantee them X amount of dollars, but that minor leaguers aren't guaranteed squat. You know, there, there might not. I was listening that, you know, there might not be minor league baseball. After this, because there's, you know, so many of these, uh, you know, smaller teams are independently owned and, and they 
while they have affiliations with major league um, programs or major league uh, franchises, they're not typically financially supported by them. So if you are, you know, if you're a double A team in, I don't know, does Omaha, do they have minor league baseball or? There's the Lincoln Salt Dogs. Okay. Um, So I, I can't speak for, I don't know their financial situation and, but you know, unless they are being funded by whoever their you know uh, major league affiliation is, then they might you know they might be on hard times. You know, and but and all those players obviously right now they're not playing ball, they're not uh, getting paid. You know, so they got to go out and you know do their day job anyway, and that's you know that, that's tough for them. I'm sure because I'm, I'm sure they want to be out there. You hear about the guys who are you know like in, in St. Louis, we hear about like the Adam Wainwrights who is a two-time World Series champ or, you know, the Yadier Molina's uh, same same situation who are upper 30s, and how many more years do they have? Well, I'm not too worried about those guys, no offense, as a Cardinal fan. I'm not too worried about those guys who've been making millions of dollars for the last 15 years, you know what I mean? Um, the... I don't know. It's it's a it's a difficult question. It's, it's uh, and I'm certainly not smart enough to uh, have all the answers. Otherwise, I'd, I'd be you know, a lot more financially well off. So people would be like knocking on my door for answers. I'm like, Oh, I got nothing for you right now. So what do you think, John? Do you think when, do you think that there will be football in the fall? Well, let's, let's just ask that basic question. Oh, I think that, uh, I think that it'll start later. I think that somehow that you're seeing a lot of universities say that they're going to open up. And the reason why they're going to open up is because if they don't, uh, they're going to have very, very serious problems mm-hmm. uh, with survival. You know, <clears throat> I think I saw it today where Arizona, both Arizona and Arizona State said that they would be open to students in the fall. So, I, you know, I don't know. Maybe at some point in the not too distant future, we just make the decision that uh, we're going to sacrifice people. Yeah. You know, it sounds horrible to say, but at the same time, uh, things roll on. There's a lot of people that would think that's a horrible statement, and it pretty much is. <clears throat> but uh, I don't, I don't know how you. And there, you know. there is something to be said for herd immunity. Uh, you know, the the way that we as society get get stronger is to you know be out and you know in in contact with one another. But again, how where do you? Where where do you draw the line? And be like, okay, well, let's build up an immunity versus, like you said, you know, how many how many lambs have to be led to slaughter, uh, you know, to uh, to move on with our our lives. Um, briefly, one of my customers, uh, I, I covered the area of Edwardsville, Illinois, which is where uh, Vincent Valentine's from. Also, uh, recent uh, Hawkeye, uh, Iowa Hawkeye, and. Uh, second round draft pick AJ Epinesa, I believe is how you pronounce. Anyway, uh, we all remember him. He he's good, and that's bad for Nebraska usually. Uh, but he was just drafted. But uh, I cover that area in my in my uh, route and uh, deliver to SIU uh, Southern Illinois University Edwardsville. And my biggest customer there just had to cancel because they are all based on uh, for budget cut reasons. Because what they do is it's all you know, conference rooms and event rooms. And since nobody's on campus, they have no money coming in. And so they, you know, I, I, I'm going to lose a, you know, that I, I'm just, you know, it, it seems minor when I say, you know, 40 bucks a month, but, uh, that's 40 bucks a month. You know, that adds up over the course of a year. So it's one of many. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I don't know. It's like I said, it's above my pay grade. And if it wasn't above my pay grade, then I'm, you know, I'd be on TV answering these questions on CNN or wherever. So how about we take a break when we come back, John? Speaking of the uh, draft, we'll, we'll give a little draft news and some former, you know, we can now say former Husker news and some incoming Husker news. How's that sound, John? That sounds good. All right. We'll be back on the Five Heart <laughs> Podcast with Husker Athletic News right after this. 
Welcome back to the Five Heart Podcast. Greg Mahochko, John Dam Johnson. He is our founder and fearless leader at coordination.com. This is the Five Heart Podcast. I think I've said that twice now, which means that I do, where I'm not on Fox News or CNN, I am part of the redundancy. Oh, shit, I got, couldn't even get that right. The Department of Redundancy Department. Um, did, did I mention, John, that I had an epidural this morning and I think it's affecting my brain 12 hours later? <laughs> I can believe that. Yeah. I think um, I had one years ago. It was not fun. Can I just say briefly? No. It was not fun. It's like suddenly somebody goes high, and it's not its the most horrible, painful high that probably men can experience, maybe. I don't know. No. Uh, I'm my, sure there's a lot of others, but it sucks. One, one of my coworkers had uh, an epidural from the same doctor years ago because it's workman's comp, and you know what we do, it, it's rough. and. <laughs> <laughs> to use his phrase, uh, he said, I hope he's uh, kinder to you than he was to me last time. I said, what happened? He said, uh, uh, I can't remember exactly how he phrased it, uh, went at my ass raw dog. And I said, that doesn't sound good at all. Can you elaborate? And he said, they they stick you first with the numbing medicine, and then they do the epidural. He said, but he didn't wait long enough for the numbing medicine to take effect. <laughs> And I kind of think that's what happened to me this morning. So, Egad. all he said was, "You're going to feel some pressure as we push the medicine in," and then I'm like, <laughs> "Okay, oh that hurts." Okay, so hopefully in time it will feel better. But uh, let's talk about uh, the Huskers. We got some new Huskers in the NFL. John uh, Evans going to have, uh, hopefully, has uh, a little bit more content in the Pro Big Red section next uh, year but uh if i if i'm reading this all correctly the first husker uh, taken was khalil davis to the what many think could be super bowl contending tampa bay buccaneers with the 194th pick uh so he joins a couple of uh former huskers Dominican sue levante david on that defense and uh bring you know another black shirt down in tampa bay nothing wrong with that are people going to root for Tampa Bay now? Um, I know, I know one family. Is there the, is, is there the Tom Brady factor? Uh, so I have, I have uh, th- these friends of mine. Um, I DJ'd uh, his wedding years ago, and I'm, I'm friends with their family. I go to the, their Husker fans. Uh, so I, I went to the two uh, Nebraska Illinois games that I that I've, I've attended in Champaign. I went to with them. And uh, he, the older brother, is uh, a big Tampa Bay fan, and but he also calls Tom Brady the goat. And younger brother is a Patriots fan who loves Tom Brady and Gronk. And so when Gronk got uh, picked up uh, or, or traded, I guess technically uh, coming out of retirement, he he said something on Twitter. It was like, uh, uh, let's see. Uh, my favorite players, they're my two favorite players are there. They're my brother's favorite team. I guess I'm a Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan now. <laughs> I was like, well, were you ever really a Patriots fan then? <laughs> That's true. That's true. So, Who was it years ago that said we don't we we don't root for the guys, we root for the uniform? They were wrong. They, uh, I know it was Herb Brooks, uh, you know, or at least in the uh, Disney uh, dramatization of the 1980 Olympic miracle on ice. But uh, you know, in that movie, uh, Kurt Russell says, uh, let me tell you, the name on the front of the jersey is a hell of a lot more important than the name on the back. But apparently not in 2020. So who who is our second pick in the NFL draft? <clears throat> Well, if I'm reading this correctly, it was the twin brother, Carlos Davis, who went in the 232nd pick to my Pittsburgh Steelers. And uh, I think it's cool that the uh, twins got uh, drafted. Um, You know, obviously they were uh, 36 picks apart, but, you know, the fact that they were the first two Huskers selected uh, in the draft. And I think there's a, a shortage of Huskers on the uh, Steelers roster. So I'm excited. I'm excited to see what Carlos Davis can do in the Steel City. I'm just, there's a flat out shortage of Huskers in the NFL. Yeah. That I mean, if you looked at the NFL draft, I mean, it was kind of like, okay, this is great. 
hey, I like that guy, but he didn't play for my team. <laughs> you know? And uh, so I, th- I think the uh, uh, surprising thing was that those were the only two Huskers taken in the draft. Yeah. Uh, Lamar Jackson, everybody, you know, uh, I pulled up the undrafted free agent tracker and followed along with that. And in, even in the comments, it was, you know, mentioned that he was at one point in, in the, uh, in a mock draft from last September, October, he, he was, uh, potentially a first round selection and to go undrafted. And there are all kinds of theories about why Jackson went undrafted. I mean, there was a time when he was the higher uh, rated recruit of the two Lamar Jacksons than the one who was just the NFL MVP last year uh, for the Baltimore, uh, almost said, almost said Baltimore Orioles, the Baltimore Ravens. Um, So the fact that he went undrafted, I think surprised a lot of people, but I think it allows him to uh, enter the league with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. And I think he's going to be successful. Uh, That's the thing about, Jackson is he he came into Lincoln highly touted obviously uh and kind of kind of fell down you know he he got humbled in a lot of ways but he really worked hard over the last 2 years and a lot of that I mean we we've talked about the inconsistency at position coach uh at coordinator at head coach um you know he was a fifth year senior so he was dra- or not drafted he was recruited by Bo Pelini you know um and so his his world got, you know, his world got turned uh, upside down. But he uh, was uh, signed as a free agent with the New York Jets, and you had the grad transfer Darian Daniels, uh, who was a co-captain. That's I still think that you know he talk about making an impact in a short amount of time. The fact that he was a grad transfer coming in from I believe it was Oklahoma State and uh, was named co-captain. Uh, he's going to the San Francisco 49ers, the uh, reigning defending NFC uh, champion. Uh, he's going to be their uh, undrafted free agent there. And we haven't heard anything surprisingly about Mohamed Barry. I thought that he put together a pretty nice resume uh, in his time as a black shirt as well. So um, those are the ones that I know about. And maybe maybe those have changed since this article got updated. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Neither of us are doing that well tonight. How, I, how dare you, sir? I think given, <laughs> the, given the circumstances, given that right now we should be talking about, uh, well, you you know better what, than me. Are we are we to Big Ten tournament time in baseball yet, or is that a little bit later in May? Uh, that'd be a little bit later in May. Okay, that would have been like the second or third week of May. <clears throat> okay, so Christ, excuse me. We should be talking about, I mean, given the fact of everything we should be talking about, I think we're piecing together a pretty gosh darn nice podcast. I'm just thinking I can't uh, talk. No, you're doing terrific. And look how handsome you are. Oh, my God. Okay, we have some newcomers. Yeah, we do. (laughs) Let's stay on the uh, football side of things. Uh, Yeah. um, Our uh, our very own ugly dog, Rick... uh, gave us this information on Monday night that uh, there's a big man from Utah who's coming to Nebraska. And his name is Branson Yeager. And I believe he stands at, yeah, 6'7", 332, an offensive lineman. Um, I mean, that's, you know, he, he had uh, uh, offers, uh, I guess, from BYU, Cal, and Iowa State. So the fact that he left, um, you know, his state, you know, the BYU in the dust, um, it is, is pretty good. I don't have anything to say anymore. I'm just, I'm about worthless, you know? I mean, <laughs> sorry. I, that's okay. Let me, let me, I don't want to read verbatim what Rick wrote up about it on coronation.com. People have probably already seen it. Um, did not have an offer from Utah or Utah state. Uh, according to Rick has active feet and they don't get sticky when he engages with a defender. Very strong. Hasn't let that make him uh, lazy about technique. 
this is the type of guy that I, when next week when Haas comes back, we're probably going to bring up Branson Yeager again um, because I, I think you know, I think you got to love the option of a six seven, three hundred thirty two pound offensive lineman. Well, that is true. Yes. Um, so that, get him in the weight room. The that's year. right. And uh, you know, let let uh let 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 our nutrition and and uh, strength and and, and training staff you know get him get him up to i mean i don't know if he's six seven three thirty two i don't know how much more weight you want to put on but probably just uh uh redistribute the weight he's got you know and make him per, you know functional for uh, big 10 college football so that's one addition to nebraska and then there's a university of indianapolis transfer that is coming to lincoln to join uh fred hoiberg and the huskers of the nebraska ball version and his name is trevor lakes and uh, kevin was kind enough to supply us with this information six seven two hundred thirty pound junior um he's from lebanon indiana and so he's actually you know uh, he and uh, had and when he joined the transfer portal he had offers from illinois xavier and wake forest so uh am i saying that we had to grease a palm to get him there. Maybe. I mean, I don't know. Illinois, Xavier, and Wake Forest. I think all all kind of uh, turn in better. You know, have have better basketball acumen than Nebraska, don't they? Yes, they do. Yes, Xavier, if nothing else, just by you know they they catch some of that uh, uh, tradition in from via osmosis from you know, Duke and North Carolina in the ACC. Uh, Lakes is a three-point specialist. He shot a career 41% from beyond the arc uh, as a Greyhound. Uh, he also, well, uh, he had 577 total attempts. He led the uh, University of Indianapolis in scoring and rebounds with 15.7 points and 6.2 rebounds per game. Um by comparison, Thor Thorbjarnson led the Huskers in shooting percentage and attempts for players who had any significant usage at 37.2% on 48 of 129 shooting. We mentioned that uh, in his career he attempted 577 and is a 41% three-point shooter. Uh, he's going to have to sit out next season, um, and and he'll be uh, have one season of eligibility remaining for the 2021-22 season. So. Do you know how much time was left in this freaking game? No. I remember I'm, I think I'm, it was I'm one... over here watching or looking at you, you stud, and uh, they're in the other room watching something else. I think it was 114 or 116, you know, when, when Byron – was it – God, now I can't remember the end of this game. So I am a tragic mess. Uh, you know, there's 116, I think, in this game left when we score to take the lead. And that was what Nebraska, the team, put on the scoreboard while they were practicing the next year. Mm. Because they, you know, you realize that they came down to an entire season, almost won a national title, and there was one minute and 14 seconds or 16 seconds left. I'm, I'm really engrossed in this thing right now. But, uh, yeah, you know, so, and they're, they're, uh, so that was Byron Bennett's, uh, 27 yard field goal with a buck 16 left that gave Nebraska the 16 15 lead over Florida State. Right. So. And we had one sixteen to win it, and there you go. And they marched down the field and kicked a field goal. Spoiler alert: with twenty one seconds left, a twenty two yard field yeah. goal. Yeah, um, they got one of those. Uh, if I remember correctly, they get one of those. Gee, this is a late hit out of bounds that happened the entire freaking game. So it, it's important to note that there was a, a failed two point conversion in the fourth quarter. After after uh, Lawrence Phillips had had the touchdown run that gave uh, that got Nebraska within two, 
They, you know, and, right. and, and I think this is, is correct me if I'm wrong, but has this not been like the hotly debated topic for the last 26 years now is like, should he have kicked the PAT or gone for two? Um, and he went for, went for the tie knowing that there was almost a full quarter of football left and nobody scored until Nebraska kicked the, uh, you know, kicked the field goal. I mean, but at the end that, Look, the, whether you kick the PAT and then you go up by two, it doesn't help you if you lose eighteen seventeen versus eighteen to sixteen. You know, right, right. I mean, I so, don't. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know what that uh, two point conversion. It says two point run failed. I'm guessing it was Lawrence Phillips that got stuffed, but I, I don't. I, it was. Uh, I think Tommy Fraser kind of. Okay. He actually, he was running around the the right end, and he got just annihilated out of bounds. Mm. I think he was going to – he was – you know what? RPO is the big thing in football now, but you can't tell me that we didn't have always this run-pass option shit going on anyway. Yeah. And that's that's what the play looked like is Fraser's trying to find somebody in the end zone and then tries to run it in. And he, he gets uh, he gets thrown out of bounds pretty, you know, pretty football-y. <clears throat> this, uh, this game is not – I mean, this was a hard-fought game between two really, really good teams. But different and, styles, uh, this right? Game I mean, they, they were just is different not styles. Considered a, what's that? They were different styles of football, too, right? Yes. You had Charlie Ward. I mean, they were a wing-zing offense, and we were a plow-you-over offense. But I think that one of the things about this game is that people need to realize is that this really is not considered one of the most classic games and it's because of the officiating was mm. so one-sided. See, I'm I'm glad I'm glad you're here, John. You're here to set me straight. I, I'll tell you this, and I think that you know people talk about how uh, you know didn't they they for a year or two a season or two of college football they enacted the rule of you know something about like something about the clock and kickoffs like the the clock would start with the kick and not with the, the return man catching or something. They were trying to speed up the game of football. Uh, you didn't have that problem 20-something years ago because there were a lot more run-based offenses that kept the clock moving, and now it's all pass-happy and an incomplete pass you know, uh, stops the clock and everything else. I'm, I'm still a believer of, you know, and, and I say I don't, I'm not run-the-damn-ball guy, but I am a – you know, use the run, establish the run to set up the pass. I figure you're probably like that too, or are, but I know. Wait, I got I got to stop myself because I know last year you just wanted Scott Frost and company to wing zing it all over the damn place. <laughs> I, I I like you know I like the air raid. I like the throwing the ball a lot. You know, and there's no I, whatever works is is the right offense. That's the right answer. You know, whatever players you have and however you set them up in, in a position to best succeed. But uh, I'm not, you know, you get all these people that are the constant run the ball guy stuff. And I guess I, you know, I, I think I've said this very many times, but I think in today's college football, I mean, you look at this game and what is it? It's, you know, 1816 and it was a massive game. Both these defenses are incredible. Uh, the way that they shut down the best offenses in the nation, because Florida State was scoring 42 points a game at that time. Um, I think in today's football, you have to score. The, the, the rules have changed to favor the uh, offense so much. And, and there goes Byrett Burnett's kick. And that one's good. So, so that was the one that we're ahead. The lead. Everybody's dancing. That put him up sixteen fifteen, I believe. Yep. Yeah. With buck twenty something left, and uh, it was all downhill from there. You could actually, it, you know, I I I said this I think a while back, but uh, at the end of this game, I did say to my wife that it really doesn't matter if he makes it. Because you could just see that we were set up. We were a different team, and right. we were going to go kick the shit out of everybody for the next three or four years. You could just see it coming. It was amazing. I just uh, – folks uh, listening, don't don't think this is weird. I'm just – I'm watching John's face as he's watching the game, and that's bringing a lot of joy to me 
because you can see that he's he's you know like reliving a, a happier time. Yeah, well, you know, you get a lot of younger people complaining that well, you had the glory years. Well, yes, we did. They were called the glory years for you a know. reason, right? Right. So, all right, John. I don't know if we have anything else left to cover, sir. Probably not. Are, are you sati- are you satisfied with the, the way this episode of the Five Heart Podcast has gone? I kind of wish that I, um, uh, I wouldn't be so exhausted and so um, my throat just shut. What What would you do? How would you react? It, it, I don't have to. Uh, I can watch your reactions. That's the best part. If I told you when when I tell you that this is the one hundred seventy fifth episode of the Five Heart Podcast. I'd be holy shit. We've done that many. We have. Wow, we've, that's a lot. We've done them pretty well every week. I think, in fact, either you and me, or me and Haas, or you and Haas, or the three of us, or you know, bringing Paul in, or or you know, someone else from Coronation. We've we we try to get a new episode out there about every week since. Right, it, it was I think right around. When Brian passed, and I don't mean that I don't, I don't bring that up to uh, uh, you know bring everybody down, but Haas came to me and said, "Hey, I'll you know I think it, it would have been when I think when Brian was in the hospital, and he said, "Hey, I'll I'll step in and fill in for for Brian until he you know till he's back." Uh, and we've been putting out because there was a chunk of time where Brian and I didn't you know there was just nothing to talk about. It was the off season, and and uh, uh, we were both kind of dare I say burnt out. Um, on, on recording, uh, I think he was just getting tired of the sound of my voice, which is fine. Um, and so we went a chunk of time in that off season before that 2017 season. We didn't, you know, I'd, we'd message each other and we, you know, like, Hey, got anything you want to discuss this week? No, not really. Okay. <laughs> we'll come back during the uh, college world series or when, you know, fall camp starts up or something like that. Um, but yeah, so we lost a few episodes there. But yeah, this is episode 175 of the Five Heart Podcast, and uh, thank you, John, because wouldn't be here without you. Well, you're welcome. All right, can't wait to get that raise in the mail this week. <laughs> True, that'd be nice. No, I, uh, unfortunately for uh, you know, if you're not familiar with SB Nation news and goings on, is that uh, with uh, the coronavirus, everything. Uh, they had to furlough uh, a lot of uh, their main staff. Uh, you know, people. I think we've talked about, um, like, what is it? Uh, uh, it was every day should be Saturday. Um, yeah, Spencer Hall, Spencer Hall, and them, and that company. But one that hits particularly close to home because he was a, a very uh, helpful resource uh, for us at Coronation was Matt Brown, um, and and it, he, I think he uh, sent. You know, said on Twitter that uh, his furlough became a buyout, and if you were ever wondering, you know, when Matt Brown was going to be a free agent, now's your time. Of uh, exceptionally talented individual, uh, wish him the best of luck. So, I'm not filling in on the breaks. <laughs> <laughs> I, I couldn't. I mean, I saw you agreeing with me, but I didn't know if you were crying. So, uh, <laughs> I, I I nodded like that's helpful to a podcast. But yeah, Matt. Uh, I Matt worked with Matt for a number of years, and uh, he was a really he's a good writer and a even better person. So I hope that he finds something. I know that he has a newsletter you can subscribe to that uh, is always interesting about um, the college part, part of college athletics that you probably don't see a lot about, which is financing and the seedy underbelly, like and, and uh, oh. People are nagging at me about the Zoom thing. All right. Well, I'm going to let you go do that, and uh, I'm going to uh, take care of my son, who's decided that 8 o'clock is a great time to strip down to your uh, birthday suit and run around the house. So uh, thanks as always, John. Thanks to everybody who listens, shares this with uh, uh, your, your friends, your fellow Husker fans. We appreciate you. We're on all the major podcast platforms. And we'll be back next week with a brand new episode of the Five Heart Podcast, where we remind you this week and every week that Five Heart is all the heart you need. John? Go Big Red. And wash your damn hands.